I want to ask you something that a lot of people, whenever we're talking about WWE and NXT in the UK, it's a question that comes up a lot, so I apologise if it's not hugely appropriate, but it's been a big week for WWE, NXT TakeOver, Money in the Bank, and obviously these these shows. Um, a lot of people wonder what Vince McMahon feels about all this, because you know, you're, you do NXT and you've got a lot of invested there, you're doing the UK stuff, and obviously we don't hear a lot from Vince McMahon publicly about these brands. Can you give us a little bit of an insight about how he's feeling about these shows and um, the talent and that kind of stuff? Yeah. A lot of production went on here. <laughs> Cost a lot of money. If you weren't happy with it, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> um, but he's well aware of all of it. You know, it's a funny thing sometimes that uh, I think people think that he's unaware of things that happened in his own company. He's, he's well aware of all of it, and he's all for all of it. Um, there's a lot of things going on. We grow as a brand every single day, and that growing and that expanding and, and all of it is an important part of, of WWE. It doesn't it doesn't take away from any of the things that we were in the past, but our intent is not to stay what we were. Our intent is to be what we can become. Our vision of what WWE is massive compared to what it is right now. Um, his vision of what WWE will become is massive. And you have to remember, this is a guy that envisioned it going from little smoky filled bars to you know 100,000 people in a stadium and being seen all around the world with one global brand that vision is is uh, is amazing so he has a vision for it as we all do but he's well aware of all of it trust me and we're going to wrap it up there and then I'll take him back and bring you down a couple other guys and then keep this going okay uh, thank, thank you. you thank you just very much and uh, look forward to tomorrow tomorrow's gonna and welcome back to another edition of Wrestling is Trash, a nonsensical podcast to where we talk about professional wrestling, past, present, and quite possibly the future. Uh, a couple of things before we get started. Proper like, uh, you can follow Wrestling is Trash on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash. And you can also follow on Instagram at Wrestling is Trash. And if you want to listen to all the episodes previous to this one, you can go to wrestlingistrash.com and you have everything there. And if you also want to support the show, go to randomrobcast.com forward slash merch and you can get you a Waterfall Mania t shirt. You can get you a Wrestling is Trash t shirt, a hat, a beanie. Um, I think they got some stickers and coffee mugs on there or whatever. But uh, anything that you can do to support the show, that's the place you can find all that stuff then darn there and within side. Um, joining me once again is the man, the myth, the legend, Anomaly. Hey there, Rob. It's the man with the 24-inch pythons in the 9-inch anaconda. <laughs> okay. So, all right. We're not going to speak too much on anaconda. But have you indeed... Uh, achieved the 24-inch pythons? Oh, yeah. I think they're actually over there. I think they're about 24 and a half. They're huge, dude. Oh, shit. He he, he has achieved it. If I had a soundboard with uh, applause and claps and everything, I would do it. <laughs> dude, if you look on my IG at the um, picture I posted wearing the Bill Russell throwback, mm -hmm. no, my, bi my biceps are like phenomenal. Like My biceps are twice the size of my big-ass head, and that's saying so. Okay, and you can uh, see these tremendous biceps on Anomaly's Instagram at Anomaly49. Is that correct? 4949. Ah, 4949. There you go. See, that's why I had you on there to confirm. Um, but joining us is a new combatant to the Wrestling is Trash arena. And, sir, you have a New Japan 20 count to introduce yourself and how'd you become a fan of professional wrestling? And your 20 count starts now. 
Oh, I'm the Uniballer, and I became a fan of professional wrestling when I was just a wee child, and I was scooped up in the Hulkamania rage that every kid of my generation was also scooped up into. My dad took me to wrestling. I watched wrestling on TV. In high school, I got satellites so I could watch more wrestling. And in high school, I was one of six people that watched wrestling. And now I'm an adult and I still watch wrestling. That was was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man, Sean. Welcome, 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 welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you, man? We hanging in there. Uh, had some uh, cas- cas- I can't even say the word. We had some uh, catastrophic events happen previous to this uh, recording starting proper, like. But uh, I think we passed that right now, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not passed it, but I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. You talk about Hulkamania, you know, getting swept into professional wrestling via the Hulkamania uh, era and whatnot. I mean, what what was some of your fondest memories of that time with you and professional wrestling? Uh, well, you know, um, I actually have um, like a a lot of pictures from uh, I, I had recently found uh, of a of a WWF at the time house show that came through St. Louis and and uh, was. Um, uh, you know, I was maybe like eight or something like that. And uh, there's a picture of me. I've got like a Hulkamania headband on. I don't know who the kid I was with, but I know that my dad took me. But I I don't know who the uh, the other kid in the photograph is. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Hulk, Hulk was wrestling in that event. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just remember watching it on TV. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was hard to, to be a kid. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm almost 35, so like it just it puts you right in the in the gravy train for a whole comedian to to really grab you. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, when when did you leave St. Louis or that area around? Uh, I came to L.A. in November of 2010, but I was I also lived in Chicago for a brief stint as well. Yeah. Now, see, man, I, I was just thinking about it just now because like I lived in that area from. 2014 to 2016 so we missed each other by a couple of years but i was just like you was talking about st louis and when i lived in that area because I, I, I was down about an hour and a half away from st louis in uh fort lindenwood or whatever in that area waynesville st robert area uh not too far right. from, not too far from rolla and i think in my lifetime from all the places that i ever been that area there was the most exposed to wrestling I had ever been and it's just like it was so much wrestling where it was independent wrestling they had uh, plentiful schools around that way and just um the frequency that WWE would come to that uh area to either Springfield or freaking um St. Louis yeah yeah well you know I mean Midwest, you know, has a has a rich history. I mean, like even even when it was back in the territories, you know, that was like that was a, that was a pretty big market. Mm-hmm. But speaking of professional wrestling, uh, then now and quite possibly forever, do, do both of y'all do y'all ever feel like you know there will be a time to where we would live in a world where WWE or like professional wrestling as a whole will not exist? No. It'll always be around. It's been around since the Roman era. It will continue to be around in one way or another, whether it be Josh Barnett's 
blood sports shoot style wrestling or just the the basic fundamentals of traditional pro wrestling it'll always be there regardless of whether or not kayfabe lives pro wrestling will always be there okay I, I I agree. MMA is even turning into sports entertainment more oh, yes, than it, it was to admit. Mm-hmm. It yeah, is. definitely. Now, it's, uh, um, MMA, I've said, I think I've said this on like six different podcasts. MMA, well, basically UFC is more of a work than WWE anymore. Mm-hmm. It's uh, <laughs> You can watch it and you can tell. And that's why a lot of guys no longer are competing or retiring at such an early age is because they wouldn't, you know, do the job for someone else, so to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that became more evident to me when of, um, the whole shit with Conor McGregor started happening. Because, uh, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in and out of USC. You know, if there's a marquee fight that come up, I might take a peek at it. But other than that, I don't keep no tabs on it. But the shit with Conor McGregor, first of all, the motherfucker ran up on the bus and threw the fucking uh, Willie cart into the damn thing or whatever. So you mean to tell me? And this is what I say to my wife. That's my catchphrase I say to my wife whenever um, we have a disagreement or she do some lazy shit that I'm kind of recouping for. She'll never hear this, so I can say that. But <laughs> you mean to tell me that I can grab a motherfucking Willie car, chase your bus down, throw it through the window of your bus, and there be a camera on the inside to record said shit happening? And, you know, really though? You know, just so happened there was a camera on the inside to record this shit? Like, high quality production camera, the same shit that you use to record your UFC fights. That's what you're telling me right now, that this was some random occurrence, some rage, some heat in the moment type shit. But they just so happened to have a camera on the bus. That's when I knew it was right. like, it took a left. <laughs> yeah, I think I realized it was when I seen the first fight between uh, Chris Weidman and uh, Anderson Silva. That was the biggest work of an MMA match I'd ever seen in my life. Anderson clearly threw that fight. He even gave him his chin three different times for a clear shot before Weidman finally connected. Uh, you could tell by the way Anderson was acting it was a work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically did the job for Weidman the first fight. Second fight was a freak accident. I don't know necessarily if it was going to be a work or not, but the whole catch to the to the chin and Anderson breaking his leg so horrifically that was not a word yeah that was yeah i was about to make a joke about that i was like man he it was so much of a work that he fake breaking his leg <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that was the second fight that yeah. first fight though if you watched it it was a clear work it was, i was watching him was telling people i was like he's about to to take a fall he's doing a job you could tell he is yeah and you know in the same vein of that um transition over into professional wrestling as well um it's been noted it's been documented. I mean, it's been seen visually that uh, Sasha Banks has that face as well whenever she's getting ready to lose a match. You know, her entrance isn't uh, as popping as it normally is whenever mm-hmm. she's going to win a match. But it's just like it's noticeable that she's about to take the fall because of her um, attitude when she heads to the ring. Yeah. 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 yeah she's you a spoil sport. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've, I didn't really notice it until it was pointed out to me from a uh, multiple podcasts and everything. You know, I listened to a show and they'd be like, Oh, Sasha came to the ring with her boo-boo face. So she's going to um, take the fall and whatnot. 
So and then I started really noticing it myself, and I was like, "Wow, well, that's unprofessional." <laughs> yeah, it takes the well, Sasha. She's not too professional, to be honest with you. I mean, I understand her gripes and everything, but I mean, the way she conducts herself isn't too professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, there was um, another guy. That, I seen video clips of it. it. It came up in one of the um, wrestling groups that I was in. An uh, older black gentleman. I forget his name, but every time <laughs> it, it's pretty much the same thing. Every time he was going to lose, like his entrance was just like, yeah, I'm here, everybody. But if he was going to win and go over, he's like, yeah, y'all hyping shit. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. It what not. Um, what, what's the current status? Uh, like Anomaly, uh, what's your current viewer and status of uh, WWE television right now? It's horrific. Um, <laughs> that's the best way I can honestly put it. Um, I think there's an eternal power struggle going on to where Triple H knows what needs to be done and could actually make it, you know, a top-notch product for the fans. Mm-hmm. And Vince McMahon is basically not letting him and doing everything he can to detour it or make Triple H look like he doesn't know what he's doing. Hence forth the uh, Viking experience. Uh, <laughs> And, um, you know, Sasha basically saying she's not going to work anymore. She's going to sit out the rest of her contract. Uh, you know, you got Dean Ambrose, who who's making, you know, close to seven figures, saying basically he's no longer going to work at all. He's just burnt out completely about the internal politics that goes along with the business. Uh, that's a lot of, you know, problems there within the company and on the outskirts. It's affecting the product as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, WWE, they're not going anywhere because I mean they're they're a conglomerate of of just generated cash. But internally, there's a lot of issues there, and the product is suffering because of the internal politics backstage. Where mm-hmm. what's your current view and status there, Sean? Um, pretty minimal currently. Um, uh, I'll, I'll watch NXT before I watch anything else. Uh, I typically just read recaps of raw because raw is too long and it just drags so hard. Um, and I, I didn't feel a need to necessarily watch the, the superstar shakeups because you know, it's not going to be much that I want to see. So I just read about those as well. Word. <laughs> yeah. Like uh NXT for me or whatever. I mean, I don't watch it week to week. I kind of like let it stack up and I try to like uh, binge watch it all the way up until like they have a takeover so I can kind of catch up, but they do a pretty good right. job with the uh, video packages for the takeovers and everything. So I don't feel like I miss out on too much. The only thing I like to see really is like uh, whenever they have an, a new signee make their debut, and I like to watch those initial matches. Right. But now, um, Raw SmackDown for me, um, I've I've got back into it because I was going to WrestleMania. Well, I went to WrestleMania, so I watched the episodes leading into that, and then I watched the post episodes of After Mania and whatnot. But damn, you know, 
I don't know, man. They just they they're not doing a good job really drawing me in. I'll get home and I'll watch maybe the first couple of matches to open the segment to see where the show is gonna lead. And then if it's nothing that piques my fancy, I just kinda tune out and do other stuff. Yeah. Um I've actually been when it comes to wrestling, um I watched the the G one from the MSG for uh New Japan, which was it was all right. It was um kind of about the same as Wrestle Kingdom was this year. Mm-hmm. The main event really put me to sleep. Uh I've actually been more into the dark side of wrestling, uh little mini documentaries on Viceland. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, you haven't watched those. I really recommend them. I would love for them to have been a couple hours longer, but I'm a mark. So, I mean, I could watch a three-hour wrestling documentary. Uh, but they're really informative and really good. And uh, the last one they did about the Montreal screw job, uh, Jim Cornette showed his ass. And he, he, he but really doesn't he made always, it uh, though? very enjoyable. <laughs> Say what? I said, but doesn't he always, though? <laughs> yeah, but this one was great. I mean, he was just... He gave it to Vince Russo on a nationwide scale, and it was hilarious. And you talk about the dark side of wrestling and whatnot. Um, I was in New York, New Jersey area for the um, WrestleMania, and they had billboards and everything all over the place for that thing. Yeah, I mean, good marketing because, you know, people would be there for wrestling. Then you put a billboard up there talking about wrestling. They could be like, oh, what the fuck is that? And then we wait. We had the MetLife Stadium waiting to go in. And damn, they had a plane circling over the building with the banner for the Dark Side of Wrestling documentary. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really good. The the Bruiser Brody one was uh was really good. It 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 made me have a disdain disliking for Abdullah the Butcher. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was really good because um I've been fascinated with this story for a long time, and that was the first time ever since it's happened that Tony Atlas actually got to speak about it and to see the pain in his eyes when he was reliving those events of, of Brody passing and everything that transpired and all that, it, it, it was, it was, it was good TV, but at the same time, you could, you could tell this man was really reliving one of his best friends dying in his arms. Yeah. And uh, for those who are unaware of the incident or whatever, I mean, could you kind of elaborate or whatever? Because I I vaguely know what happened, but. Well, um, there was a show. You have to understand who Bruiser Brody was Mm -hmm. to begin with. And um, he was basically like a rebel in the indie circuit. He was one of the first. He was one of the first legit six figure independent contractors in professional wrestling. This dude. Would, he wouldn't just sign to a specific organization or whatnot. He would go to numerous organizations and he booked himself. You wasn't going to tell him he was going to lose. If you told him he was going to lose, he'd just go out there and kick your guy's ass. I mean, he, he didn't take no shorts. Hmm. But he was also a big money draw and he protected his name by that. Um, there was an incident that happened with a wrestler uh, named The Invader. Uh, number two, I believe, um, that happened over in Puerto Rico where he was supposed to put him over and instead Bruce Brody just beat the fuck out of him. So 
apparently the booker who was um, the, one of the co-owners of this promotion that he was working for, Carlos Stallone, who was yeah. Carlito and Primo's dad, um, they owed him at least $20,000 in cash, and he wanted his damn money. Um, they showed up to the arena in Puerto Rico, which, uh, for people who are unaware, kayfabe still lives in Puerto Rico. Do not ever go to Puerto Rico and say the fake word to a Puerto Rican wrestling fan because you're likely to die. But um, they go into the back locker room, him and Tony Atlas and Dirty Dutch Mantel. Dirty Dutch walks out and he's looking at the crowd on the outside. It's Tony Atlas and Bruiser Brody. And Vader tells um, Bruiser Brody to come into Backshire and talks to him. He's thinking they're talking about the money. Uh, Bruiser Brody lets out a scream, runs out, and he's holding his stomach. He falls down to one and um, the invader comes behind him and to slit his throat. This big old uh, butcher knife. Tony Atlas... Um, jumps up and grabs Brody and moves him out the way and the knife actually misses and cuts Brody's uh, ponytail off and Carlos Colon grabs the invader and was like no, no you can't kill him you can't basically talk a shit it's like no 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 well basically Bruiser Brody laid there trying to hold the intestines in uh, the crowd was so big for that arena match that it took two hours for an ambulance to get there to pick him up they take him to the hospital where he subsequently dies. Uh, basically, his internal organs like fell out on the damn ground. Uh, it was a very horrific sight. And long story short, because the Puerto Ricans, like I said, believe kayfabe is real. Uh, he did not go to prison for this. He killed a man in cold blood and did not go to prison for it because they said it was self-defense because Bruiser Brody was this crazy madman psychopath and Invader was just defending his life. When in actuality, it was premeditated murder. Um, there's been um, numerous different stories on YouTube. And uh, Chris Jericho on his podcast, he did a good one not too long ago about the same um, incident. It's basically a cold-blooded murder that, you know, a man got away with because Kayfabe lives in Puerto Rico. Well, damn. <laughs> that's crazy yeah yeah I, <laughs> I mean i knew bits and pieces but goddamn <laughs> yeah and i mean the the whole documentary i mean that is the first time um tony atlas has ever spoken on it and tony atlas really like carried him into the um to the ambulance because no one else could lift him because he he weighed close to 300 pounds no one else could lift man up he was six foot eight and three hundred, close to three hundred pounds. Yeah. So, just the the entire incident is just a very, it's about the darkest of dark sides of wrestling. Period. Yeah. Well, damn, I'm gonna have to check that out. Tony yeah. Atlas uh, is he a WWE yeah. Hall of Famer? Yes, he is actually. Yeah. He's a feet man, from what I understand too. <laughs> He likes defeats and whatnot. But. There was another wrestler who spoke on that too. Uh, he was from uh, Savio Vega. Savio Vega, as a young wrestler, was actually there as well. And if you could pull up an interview on YouTube where he talks about um, 
basically when he came back the next day, because there was another wrestling show the next day at the same arena, Invader, Carlos Colon, and someone else was sitting there, and he was like, so what happened yesterday? And Invader looked right at Savio Vega. He said, I killed that son of a bitch, Brody, and if I could bring him back to life, I'd do it again. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hmm. I don't even know what to say about that. But what I will say is, uh, Sean, you, you you awake over there? I am. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm just I was just listening to this incredible story. Oh, uh, I, I got something that I want to listen to as well. I'm cashing in. Surprise, oh, motherfucker. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are uninitiated, we have a thing here called the promo in the bank. Um, at any time, uh, we can cash in on each other, and that person that we cash in on has to cut a 60-second promo of a topic of our choosing that we've uh, picked before we record it proper. So my target is uh, my my main man, Sean, here, and he has a 60-second promo. Let me pull up the shot clock. And are you ready, sir? Hold on. I'm stretching. All right. I'm stretching it out. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Your 60 seconds starts now. Listen, Adam Sandler is the greatest actor of all time. Point proven in a video that I made that I'll probably do a sequel to at some point in time. Maybe. Who knows? But he's the best because when you think about it, Everybody's like, oh, Marvel, they have this great cinematic universe. No, it's got nothing on one fucking human being. And his name is Adam Sandler. He's got webs in all of these movies and they keep tying around and he's playing different characters in multiple universes and he's believable in all of them and he's doing the baby voice and you're loving it and he's singing songs and you're loving it and he's dating super hot chicks out of his league and you're loving it and he's got irritating friends but you still love it and sometimes they're not funny but you still love it and you give your money and he's the best. He's time, always the best. Time, time, best. time, time. <laughs> time. I can't get my clock to stop. Time. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, off the top of your head, favorite Adam Sandler movie, Anomaly? Happy Gilmore. All right. I'm going to have to say mine is Big Daddy. You know, that was one of my least favorites. Oh, well, damn. Screw you, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would say Billy Madison, where he chased around the fucking penguin, though. That is classic. And then when he knocked on the door drunk and he told his girlfriend, he was like, we're going to go put, put bags of shit on people's porches and catch them on fire. And then he sees the penguin upstairs and he's like, so sorry to interrupt. Man, that shit's classic. <laughs> what about you, Sean? What's your favorite? I mean, you've done extensive research on all these films and whatnot, and I implore anybody that's listening to check out the Sandlerverse uh, video that he did on YouTube. But what's your favorite movie? Uh, Happy Gilmore's my favorite. Okay, okay. Yes. Now, yes. Now, so we already know Anomalies, but what's your least favorite Sandler movie? You know, I, I I I try really hard not to not to talk about the ones that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, J- Jack and Jill was the one that I enjoyed the least. Okay. Yeah, I, that one wasn't too funny either. I have never seen it. 
outside of the pre- yeah outside of the previews that they showed when it was in theaters, I have never seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just the, uh, the 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 Jill character really doesn't mesh well with my ears. The sound of the character really doesn't work for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my that's probably my least favorite. Uh, honorable mention for me. I mean, not saying that it's a bad movie, but like that I like is a uh, little Nicky. <laughs> little Nicky is underrated. Oh, but yeah, it is. Yeah, little Nicky is good. I feel Waterboy is very good, and got oh. and goddamn uh, the Longest Yard remake they did. I, I thought that was damn good. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a fun sports movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nelly in it, Stone Cold, fucking Kevin Nash, goddamn, who else? Um, Great Khali, um, goddamn, yeah. Michael Irvin post the cocaine, um, <laughs> Chris Rock, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds, of course, yeah. Yeah. If there was any original, the original was the shit. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I, I yeah, I I had to go back and buy it after the um, the remake came out. So I have them both in the collection in here. Nice. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. Wow. You actually got a collection? Yes, I have damn near two thousand movies in here. That's right, dude. You are always buying them damn DVDs at Walmart in the bin. Of course, that's the best place to get them. Yeah, especially. Dude, I haven't had a. Yeah, good. That's crazy, dude. My DVD player's been in my daughter's closet for this past year, and I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> Goddamn Phantom DVD player and shit. <laughs> I swear, dude. Look, I went in my daughter's closet the other day because, like, she's just got a, a a smoldering pile of laundry in there that's going to take me 10 years to get through. And I just grab like random things out of there and take it down to the washing machine. I look up in the corner of her closet and there's a DVD player with the AD, the, the, the HD wires and everything just hanging out. I'm like, where the hell did this thing come from? <laughs> but yeah, we got a DVD player. Or, and it's just like, I love this shit, man. It's just like your internet goes out or whatever. Just pop in a motherfucking movie. <laughs> that's true. I need to get another goddamn shelf because I got no room for the new DVDs that's coming in, so I'm just stacking them on top of another shelf. <laughs> Watch, I, I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to send it to y'all. But um, I think this is a good point, if any, to uh, cue the sensual music and then roll into uh, what we like to call Waterfall Mania. Yeah. Now, so we have a a new guest with us today, Sean, and he has brought not one but two ladies to the table. In which we we, we'll let that slide because um it makes sense. Uh, The ladies that we're discussing today are the Iconics. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, they weren't always together because I you know I first seen them. It, uh, NXT individually and then they wind up becoming a group right the, the the first time I remember seeing them they were a tag team on NXT okay they I mean they could have been separate but I I, I, I may have missed that yeah I don't know it's just like <sighs> I like them a lot it's, as far as a pairing 
these two. Um, I believe they mesh well together. They kind of remind me of uh, Leku, you know, how they just kind of fed off each other as far as their characters and whatnot. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, their their chemistry together is really, really nice. You can tell that they genuinely enjoy being around the, each other, which is refreshing. And uh, and they're they're also just hilarious. Their 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 mic work is is really good. I'm 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 always excited when they come out and they have microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes their voice you know it, it throws me off a little bit. I, I forget they're from Australia or New Zealand or whatever they're from. But it's just like I'll get over it after a couple of seconds. But then you know I just kind of you know listen to the content of what they're speaking of, and it's, it's always pretty funny. Yeah. Now, now, how? They, how yeah, go ahead. They actually grew up together. They've known each other for a very long time. So, like, the chemistry is there because they've known each other since. I mean, day one, they were they were friends long before they even started training in uh in the art of pro wrestling. So there's there's a there's a good chance that they probably got drunk and uh, explored some some lesbian tendencies too, <laughs> dude. <laughs> there you go. But uh, hey, I mean, who knows? I mean, if they went to college together, I mean, everybody's experimental in college. That's why I didn't go to college. I was scared of that stuff. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Billy Kay to me just like I mean lovely young lady it's just her uh, choice of attire doesn't appeal to me is all I don't know it's just her body type with what she's wearing it just doesn't work for me that's just a small gripe though I mean there's there's, there, there's a lot of uh, wrestlers that have ring attire where you're like yeet that's that's what you, you you're going with that all right <laughs> i'm kind of she changed it up but it still looked awkward to me because like before she had those long ass fucking arm glove things that she used to wear and i was like what the what the fuck is this are you melissa maleficent or something i can't even say the word maleficent <laughs> <laughs> i mean she can wrestle naked not have no problem with okay that. we know you wouldn't have a problem with that i don't think none of us would have that problem but we, we this is not uh this is pg era we can't have that <laughs> yeah evidently because we got the viking era i mean what the, uh, fuck? <laughs> the viking experience i did not i thought i didn't know that that was their name i thought that was just like a catchphrase that they was trying to incorporate with their character but that's like the actual name so i just like what the fuck <laughs> You seen the sp- yeah, like the rest of the world too. What the fuck? You seen all the spinoffs that everybody been making? Like, um, yeah, I, f- I forgot. They said the Street Profits was going to be the Negro Experience. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Uh, anyway, the iconics, iconic, um, Peyton Royce. I- um, we, we 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 talked a little bit about this off air or whatever. Um, uh, me and Anomaly share uh, uh, opposing uh, thoughts on the duo. I feel that uh, Peyton Royce is the more talented of the group, and um, I'm not so fond of uh, Billy Kay. And he is a uh, quite the opposite. He, he's the other way around. Now, I'm not here to start an argument or anything. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion here. But like, what does it for you for Billy Kay? And I'll tell you what does it for me for Peyton Royce, and we can kind of just play it like that. 
Um, just from a student of the game, being the smarky mark motherfucker I am, mm-hmm. um, her timing is way better than Peyton's. Mm-hmm. Peyton, I feel, still gets nervous as fuck in the ring. Yeah. Especially when she's like on Raw or a major pay-per-view. She gets nervous, and you can tell, and it fucks up her timing. Yeah. Billy Kay does not get nervous. And good gosh, this girl sells like like HBK in '95. I mean, she she can make a broomstick look good in that in that ring. I mm-hmm. I just feel that she's the better ring talent, and I think she could actually have a better character developed talent as well once she gets the chance to. I could see the Iconics feuding one day. I really could. You know, and the best friends make the best enemies as far as professional wrestling goes. So I, I do agree with you that somewhere down the line, that could be a good and entertaining feud. I mean, you talk about the comfortable, comfortable. I can't see. I can't talk today. Them being comfortable with each other because they've known each other so long. And, you know, that would probably show through and shine through in their performance if they had ever had to uh, go against each other. Um, Sami Zayn. Yeah, see, yeah, that's a great example. Um, but as far as uh, Billy Kay, I agree with you as far as um, her timing and her selling and everything. But, you know, I look at it as a group. If they was to split these two in half today and, um, you know, have them go their separate paths and whatnot, I believe uh, Peyton Royce might have the more longevity, uh, regardless of uh, what you say about her being nervous and all kind of stuff or whatever. I mean, butterflies. Look at Charlotte when she first came up. She fucking sucked. And um, she is just like this whole otherworldly thing now. And I believe that um, with time, Peyton Royce can kind of evolve through that similar path. I'm not saying she'll be that big as... I don't say I ain't saying the rocket ship that they're going to put up her ass is going to be as big as the one Charlotte got on her. <laughs> but Peyton Royce could be the it thing moving forward if they choose to. Yeah, well, Charlotte's got Space Mountain up her ass. I mean, let's just be real. We know what's going on there. Regardless of how talented Charlotte is, which I'm not going to say yeah, she's, she's not a talent. Mm-hmm. She's good. Mm-hmm. She, But come the fuck on. We all know why she's getting the push and, and all the title reigns she's getting and everything, dude. It's They're remaking a female Ric Flair in the WWE. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's just right there. I mean, even her little entrance with the helicopter. Uh, yeah, that's a daddy at, shit. At Mania, dude. Yeah, that was that was a recycled man of what Ric Flair does. Yeah. I mean, Ric Flair did that exact same fucking entrance years ago. So, I mean, let let's just be real. That's why she's getting the push she's getting that and her talent. But I mean, I think that's another reason why Sasha Banks is kind of lightweight pissed off is because. She was wrestling circles around her ass in NXT, and now everyone's on Charlotte's dick. Yeah. Uh, Sean, how do you feel yes. about the, um, superstars getting preferential treatment for their lineage? Uh, you know, their father or their father's father being a professional wrestler, you know, it kind of gives them that leg up in the industry. Do you feel that is uh, being portrayed here with Charlotte? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not, you know, not not to take anything away from her. What she does is fucking awesome. And yes. I, I really enjoyed uh, I, I liked her run in NXT more than I liked her any of her runs on the main card. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she used to do in NXT that I loved was just berating people that she was genetically superior. Yeah, uh, because she's just 
towers over all of these like because all of them are like five foot nothing and she's like six one or some shit you know she's like she's massive in comparison to all these tiny people um but i you know i lost a lot of interest in flair when she was having that uh every three weeks we're gonna swap the titles between her and sasha for like four or five months that happened it was just like oh this title doesn't mean shit i'm fucking so sick of these two people like fuck this um so i i haven't really gotten back on a charlotte wagon since then and they they haven't really given me a storyline for her to get me back on that wagon because this whole wrestlemania thing was just like no man i don't even want you here like this is a becky lynch thing like whatever but you're just you're just sort of there for me um but uh, but yeah, I mean, she is super skilled. I just much like the Roman Reigns thing. I'm I'm yeah. so sick of you being pushed to the moon. Like I'm just over that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what what I will tell you, what I will tell you, what I enjoy about uh, Charlotte right now is uh, her relationship with Andrade seeing almost. <laughs> you, <laughs> I, I am I'm digging the shit out of that man. You seen all the pictures and stuff they've been posting of each other yeah. on the Instagram and everything. <laughs> Good for them, yeah. man. Good for them. I really But I mean he he posted the picture that made it look like she was giving him some skull duggery, man. That shit was hilarious. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's just He's sitting there grinning like, yeah, I'm getting some sloppy toppy at the beach, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and then like the next picture following, he like he had his hand over her face and he's like, no more, no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's G shit. I got to give it to him. Yeah. Um, that guy is a damn talent that Vince does not realize he's got. No, he realizes it. He just doesn't want to use it. Yet. No, he doesn't. It's like a struggle thing. Like, he wants to still, like, maintain his superiority over the pride against Triple H. Because he is doing every fucking thing possible to just decimate and destroy anybody from NXT that comes over to to their, their flagship shows. I mean, dude. I just I can't get over the Viking experience, dude. It took me a dick year to get to get used to uh, the War Raiders. It's just War Machine. <laughs> I mean, it, it took me forever, and then he changes it to the fucking Viking experience, and then you get on Twitter and you got Mick Foley and Road Dog trying to justify the shit, talking about well the 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 talent will surpass it. No, the fuck it won't. Not in this day and age, it fucking won't. Yeah. There's no kayfabe anymore. So everybody's looking at it like, we got these two big-ass biker-looking motherfuckers dressed up like fucking Vikings coming out here going, Orr, get the fuck out of here. It's not going to work now. You fucked it up. You ruined it. These guys are going to have to get done with their WWE run, go back on the indies and reinvent their fucking selves just to get some credentials back. I mean, he just totally fucked them in a matter of two seconds. Well, damn. Um, we we kind of went off the rails a little bit, so we'd be talking about Peyton Royce and uh, <laughs> uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. So let's kind of wind that down, and we can kind of get into um, the go the fuck home segment and all those other things. But where do you see these ladies within the next six months? Uh, are you are you asking both of us? Yes, either or. Um. <clears throat> well, you know, I mean. I don't know necessarily why Vince made the call to take the belts off of Sasha and Bailey so quickly. I don't think that they should have won the first round of 
having the the women's tag teams i think it should have been the iconics the whole time um I, I, I hope that they hold the belts at least through SummerSlam. I would like to see that happen. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily six months from now. I don't think that it is. But um, uh, yeah, I would like to see them get a get a healthy run uh, with those belts at least. That's that's basically all I want to see is is them get a nice uh, a nice treatment with the belts. Okay. Um, I honestly think that they're going to lose the belts within the next two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe sooner. Um, I really foresee in the future, within the next three years, Peyton Royce will be WWE Women's Champion. That is beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I think that's what's going to eventually start her and, and Billy Kay. Billy Kay's going to double cross her ass one day. So, I mean, yeah, Pey- Peyton's got all the talent in the damn world. Her and Billy Kay both do. I mean, Peyton's just got to get past this little. I'm on the big stage now. Oh my gosh, you know, butterflies in her stomach. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be great. She'll be a world champion eventually. Both of them will, I believe. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I'm like I was saying about uh, Peyton Royce, I believe she has the more potential of the two. I mean, not saying that uh, Billy Kay is less talented, but I b- believe as far as marketability and, you know, putting that title on her, you know, sooner rather than later, Peyton Royce is the one. And I kind of felt like that because. That's kind of how it was portrayed in NXT because uh, I think Billy Kay was injured for a time and she would always accompany Peyton Royce to the ring and still kind of be there for her, but not so much being involved. And I guess that's kind of what made me look at her like that is just like, yeah, she's a good hand to have in a back pocket or a good valet for her or a manager type or whatever. But, you know, it's, it was just bringing Peyton Royce to me more to the forefront rather than, you know, Billy Kay. But six months. Um, I don't even know why I put the time frame on that. But um, I don't know. They'll still be together. They'll still be entertaining as fuck. And um, hopefully um, what Anomaly brought brought up or whatever about Peyton Royce, you know, that those butterflies will go away and they'll be better and well-rounded performers. And I will enjoy to put my eyeballs on them and see what they have to offer us next. I would put something other than my eyeballs on them, but I feel you 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as we close on uh, Waterfall Mania, we're going to move into the main event, and that is the Go the Fuck Home segment. I need to find some music for that. I need to I need to put some kind of sound effect for that. But anyway. Yeah, definitely. Who, who, out of you two gentlemen, we both have um, our topics of discussion for the Go to Fuck Home segment. Uh, who would like to go first? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, of course it doesn't matter to you. <laughs> so you can go first since it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I, An- Anomaly has touched on the, on, on the subject uh, a couple of times as we've been uh, uh, chatting here. It's uh, I. I would like Vince's jealousy of NXT to go the fuck home. Word. Um, it, it feels like, you know, there's there's no way that Vince doesn't see the social media presence after a weekend that contains an NXT takeover and a main card pay-per-view. Because on that Sunday evening, Monday morning, everybody's talking about how much better the takeover is 
than the actual pay, the main card pay per view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always true. NXT always outshines. The matches are better. Um, it, it it doesn't seem to drag. There's you know there's typically like five matches, um, and, and they're all five stars. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the the main card pay per view the next night, seventeen hours long, and it drags. And there's ninety seven matches, um, and uh, and then he's like, oh well, I'll 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 take these people from this thing that everybody loved two nights ago. I'll put them on my on my main card. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll change them a little bit. And uh, and then I'll present them with this brand new gimmick that people are going to love. And uh, and if they don't, we're going to force them to love it. Uh, and then if they don't love it, I'm just not going to have them on my TV anymore. Um, uh, you know, a la sanity, uh, which is now fucking completely gone. I think that they were on the main card TV. What, like f- four times in the last, you know, nine months? Yeah. They were all healthy, to my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the, uh, the same thing with uh, AOP. I think one of them may be injured, but still, I mean, none of them on TV. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, Chad Gable's got a lot of fucking skill. Yeah. And you fucking, where the hell is that guy? <laughs> Josh, thank you for saying that. Chad Gable, dude, would be so so appreciated on the indie scene. That guy is a phenom, man, and they got him teaming with Bobby Roode, and the characters don't even fit right. That is just the most horrible gimmick to put Gable with. The glorious Bobby Roode and the glorious Chad. Get the fuck out of here, man. You ruined the uh, great up-and-coming wrestlers specifically for your own ego. I feel you 100%. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's frustrating because it happens so many times and there are people that break through kevin owens you know uh sasha charlotte becky there are people that he cannot contain for whatever reason but you know and 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 it's like even just the slight name changes like i don't want you to just be andrade like yeah what the fuck is that like why why are you shortening that but you're like war raiders is even like less less letters than Viking experience. Like you've, you've added extra syllables and shit in there. Like you made that one longer, but the, the guy's actual fucking name. You're like, no, 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 we're going to share this son of a bitch. It's like, why, why the fuck are you doing this? And then, I mean, you can do those things, but not like visually do those things. If that makes sense. So like, mm-hmm. all right, you want him to be known as Andrade, but you know, you can still, have the ring announcer Andrade seeing almost, but you know, you have commentary do their part and be like Andrade, 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 Andrade. I mean, that's how you do that shit. I mean, exactly. Like nowhere in my life do I go and people are like, Hey, Sean Coney. Hey, Sean Coney. Like no one fucking says my full fucking name, but like, you know, upon initial meeting, maybe, you know, exactly like you're saying with the, with the ring introductions. But then when you're like, the announcers don't have to say the full th- ah, yes yeah i agree it's it's frustrating yeah cuz yeah. cuz andrade cian almost el idolo or whatever the fuck i mean that that you know that's cool i mean even to have it on the titantron all that looks cool to me or whatever but i mean when you're on commentary 
You just call him Andrade. You don't have to call him a whole fucking thing. <laughs> you know? Right. The Viking experience. Um <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't even know the thought process behind that shit. I mean, there's a lot of motherfuckers that are doing um, Viking cosplay, and they got you know the whole little Viking conventions that they do and whatnot. Fuck, Roe and what Sarah Logan. They had a fucking Viking wedding and what and whatnot, not too long ago. So I mean, are they really living the Viking experience? I mean, so is that what it is? They're just trying to take something that's actual and, you know, play it up or whatever, trying to tap into those people do do the cosplay and live that lifestyle? Is that what they're really trying to do right now? <laughs> no, according to everything I read, Vince McMahon just didn't like the name. He didn't like the name War Machine and he was like, I see these guys in we're going to call them the Viking experience. So it was just that simple. There was no element of political correctness or we can't use war or this or that. He was like, we're just going to call them the Viking experience. It was that simple. Vince looked at him and decided that. And do you know that he also tried his hardest? It started as a gag, but it was actually the truth. He wanted to shorten Ricochet's name to Rico. He really did. What? <laughs> Yes, he really did. Triple H literally had to argue with him and fight with him over that. Like, he was like, no, we can't do that. That's, do you realize how many indie marks are going to go insane and we'll lose so much revenue off of, off of um, sales and, and, and distribution and stuff if you change his name to Rico? He was one of the biggest independent wrestling um, contractors there was before he went to the WWE. He was like Triple H literally had to argue with Vince McMahon over shortening Ricochet's name to Rico. <laughs> That's where we're at now. That would have been just mind bogglingly insane. Yeah. Yes. Just to see him come out, just imagine. Here he is, the one and only, the man who defies gravity, Rico. <laughs> the only way that would have worked is if he would have came out and his new theme song would have been Rico Suave. Ah, uh, you said what I was thinking. Rico <laughs> <laughs> Suave. No, no, come on, man. But yeah, he, he really, I mean, that's the state that the backstage is in this company right now to where this senile old man is arguing with his son-in-law about wanting to call a performer Rico. Mm-hmm. Let's just shorten his name to Rico. Rico. Now, Look good on a shirt. Rico. Now, uh, we're, 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 we're less than a year out from um, the relaunch of the XFL. Um, it's been <laughs> noted that Vince McMahon has sh- uh, sold additional WWE stock to uh, put more money into it and whatnot. Um, Do you feel once this thing starts, the XFL I'm speaking of, that he'll kind of step away from uh, WWE for a little bit to concentrate and focus more on that and we can see some noticeable, more noticeable changes? Or do you think he's just going to try to juggle both and we're going to suffer for it? Juggle both because XFL is going to flop. Yeah, because the AAF the AAF is already on the way out or gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. They didn't even have their championship game. I mean, it, uh, 
dude, no, no professional type football league is going to work against the NFL. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It, the talent isn't there. The NFL is going to take all the top talent, and the secondary talent is the equivalent of what you would see in a high school game. So, why in the fuck would you turn on to watch XFL when you done made yourself a damn joke when you tried it the first time? Mm-hmm. It's going to flop. It's going to flop, and it's going to cost him a lot of money. And I'm just wondering how much of that stock that he put out to sell. I'm wondering how much Triple H possibly secretly bought. Yeah. I would do that. that, that that's that's I a would. smart-ass idea. I, you know what? When I found out he was putting the stock up, I was sitting there thinking, please, Paul, please, Paul Levesque, be buying that stock and make a hostile takeover of the fucking company and save it. For the sake of everything good in wrestling, save the fucking company. Now, let, let's um, let's just wind that down a little bit. All right, let's just say we get what we want. And, you know, Vince McMahon just has an epiphany one day. He's like, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm stepping down. Triple H, Stephanie, you you know, y'all y'all take the reins. Y'all run this ship. Or, you know, the other alternative motherfucker just dropped dead one day. How much better you think the product would be, honestly? I mean, do you think that it'll just be this monumental shift in the way WWE is presented and all this other stuff with somebody else at the helm? Or do you think it'll just get some minor tweaks here and there? We will have more War Raiders and less Viking experiences and shit like that. I think there would be a dramatic change. Because Triple H is more of, he understands the direction pro wrestling is going with the death of kayfabe. And he understands that people actually want to see an athletic exhibition as opposed to a male-orientated and child-orientated soap opera. Mm-hmm. Um I really think that we would see some of the matches. We, I think he would release the reins on a lot of guys and really let them go out there and do what they can do. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because so? a lot of talent right now is being held back. A lot of them are not allowed to do what they can actually do in that ring. What, what do you think, Sean? Yeah, I think it would be a a, a pretty big change as well. Um, first off, there would be zero changes from uh for, for nxt call-ups it would just be okay well you're likely familiar with this person if you're not well here's this person that you know most people already know mm-hmm. um there yeah it would be seamless and exactly the way that it fucking should be you know <laughs> that's 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 the point of nxt to me like that's the grooming process it's that's the getting you ready i don't understand like if you're getting ready to go somewhere, why they would change it anyway. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I, I feel like um, big, big giant people getting pushed just because they're big giant people wouldn't be a thing anymore. And it would be a, a lot more highlighting of, you know, physicality instead, you know, like what, what kind of awesome things can you do as opposed to like, uh, you know, just a, a big guy throwing a little guy around. Mm-hmm. Now, 
you, you touched on NXT and everything. Let's just say he did take over. Uh, he he being Triple H and whatnot. Do you think NXT takes a back seat or kind of slowly fades away and they focus more on the main product? Or does he no. become the Vince McMahon and try to juggle multiple things and have the overall say-so of everything? Do you think he would delegate is what I'm asking? I honestly think that if Vince steps down, I think that he's already preparing for that. I think Triple H is already preparing for that. That's why he's brung Shawn Michaels into NXT. Mm-hmm. And Shawn Michaels, is having, Shawn Michaels is having a blast working with those guys. Yeah. And, and you could even see it at the Hall of Fame speech. He kept on saying, yeah, y'all, y'all chanting NXT. Sean's going to love that because he's starting to make that to where that's Sean's baby. Sean can get these guys prepared and ready for the for the big time faster than anyone. And some of them guys that's in NXT never even needed to be prepared for shit anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still to this day don't think Adam Cole, Adam Cole needed to be prepared for shit. Mm-hmm. This guy is been on the indie circuit and performed in front of thousands of people a million damn times. He was prepared and ready. I honestly don't think he wants to go to WWE. I don't think he wants to go to Raw or SmackDown. I think he's content where he's at. And I think the same with Red Dragon. They're like, we don't want to go there. It'll fuck us up. Fuck that. So I think if Triple H ends up taking over everything and Vince gets set out to pasture or, or doesn't wake up one day, uh, Triple H will be focusing on Raw and SmackDown and making them the equivalent of what NXT is right now, which I've said numerous times. NXT is honestly the top promotion wrestling-wise mm-hmm. there is in the world right now. I really firmly believe that. No one is putting on better shows than NXT TakeOvers. NXT TakeOvers are the top shows of 2019 and at the end of 2018, they were all the top shows. They were they were out doing everything New Japan was doing. They was out doing everything Red Pro was doing. NXT has been putting out the best wrestling product in the ring, bar none. So I think he would do that with Raw and SmackDown, and then Sean would be preparing the younger guys to get ready for that superstardom jump. And it would be an easier transition because they would actually be able to go there and show the fuck out as opposed to putting Vince's big buffoon-ass motherfuckers over. Word. Um, Cool. So we got that out of the way. Uh, Anomaly. What do you have that can go the fuck home? James motherfucking Harden. (laughs) Elaborate. Break it down. AKA the world traveler. Um, All right, fuckface. Let's get this straight. Your beard's covered in fucking male semen because you're sucking off the wrist. That's the only way you don't get caught for a travel every damn time you touch that fucking ball. Goddamn. You're a little crybaby bitch. Mm. You deserve an Emmy for the fucking acting you do. Motherfuckers talk about baby Bron Bron. Motherfucker, you are 10 times worse than baby Bron Bron. A motherfucker breathe on you and you're begging the rest for a flagrant foul time. But hey, I'll suck your dick if you call a flagrant on that motherfucker. Dude, fuck the beard. <laughs> Just, dude, you can eat a dick, motherfucker. That's that's why Donovan Mitchell outplayed you last night. I swear, if Donovan Mitchell would have had two other guys step up last night who actually stepped to the plate and fucking helped him last night, 
Houston would have gotten their ass kicked last night. Donovan Mitchell down there beat them by himself yesterday. But everybody wants to ride James Harden's dick. Man, fuck that motherfucker and his stupid-ass beard. I'll tell you, you want to see something funny? Google James Harden without the beard and see how funny his fucking face is. That's why the motherfucker grew the damn beard, because he couldn't get no pussy without it. Fuck James Harden. Go the fuck home, bitch. Well, damn. <laughs> Sean, any thoughts? <clears throat> I know who James Harden is. That is my extent, as I do not follow the NBA. Very well. <laughs> uh, but 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 his beard is huge. Uh, as a, as a person that had a huge beard uh, at one point in time, it is a hassle. So I would say I I would not keep it as long as he did. I miss my beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can grow it back, man. I can't. I, I, my job won't allow it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, see, that's lame. I know. I might find another job just so I can grow a beard. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Fuck James Harden. Fuck James Harden. <laughs> he can go home. Yes. Yes, he can. He can go the fuck home. Go, go straight the fuck home with the semen in your beard, motherfucker. Go straight the fuck home. With That's why he really left uh, Oklahoma. See, he 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 got caught in the locker room sucking up Kevin Durant. That's what it really was. So they had to get him both the fuck out of there. So that's why Durant went to Golden State and his ass went to Houston. <laughs> Russell wasn't trying to have that shit around him, man. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is a bad motherfucker, man. He really is. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Nip Hustle. Had to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. Tragedy. One love. One love, baby. But on that note, gentlemen, I think this is a good enough place to end it to wind this thing on down. I appreciate you joining me here for this edition of Wrestling is Trash. And before we go, gentlemen, starting with Sean first, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and plug whatever it is that you got going on. Uh, you can find me on social media uh, at the Uniballer. Uh, that's for both uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can uh, find me on uh, on on YouTube as well. You can search the Uniballer. Uh, you can, you can find that. Um, I don't really have a whole lot going on. Well, I mean, I, I guess that's not true. I've got uh, you know a bunch of stupid videos that I've been working on for for a long time. One I've been working on for a year. Two of them I've been working on for three years. So they'll they'll probably come out this summer. Uh, hopefully, because I just want to put a pin in them, but they're getting annoying at this point. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, stay tuned for that, I guess. And um, what was the show that you was most recently on? Oh yeah, um, my buddy Eric, who does internet comment etiquette, is uh, is uh, you know doing doing some interesting side projects. So I was just on this podcast for sale, uh, episode one. It's called um, Space Screams. Uh, it's uh, it's us doing a parody podcast uh, trying to sell a horror movie. Word. I'm going to have to check that out. I know you sent me links and everything, but I hadn't got into it yet because I was preparing for this. But yeah. I did. I, I, I wore your shirt on there, too. I thought, well, if we're going to do a parody of a podcast, I should at least plug a podcast on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that very much, sir. <laughs> but of course. All right. Anomaly. Let everybody know. Yes, sir. All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter, and I'm going to make this 
very easy for everybody because for some reason people have been having problems with this. I've actually gotten like messages in my um, Facebook Messenger over this. My Twitter address is at the at sign, then N O M A L Y, Nomaly 49. That is my Twitter because people have been putting at and then putting Anomaly. It's no, it's at like the at sign is the A, mm-hmm. then N O M A L Y. 49. Then you can follow me on Instagram at anomaly4949. Then you can also follow me. I mean, you can ask for a friend request on Facebook, but it's backed up horribly right now. Christopher Yates from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Quick plugs real quick. I want to plug my jersey business. If you need any jerseys, holla at your boy. Um, I got what you need for the low. Um, shout outs to my homies from uh, Kentucky Music Mafia um, who just did the Redneck Rave concert which was humongous over the weekend for 420 um, and they actually have the number 11 top selling uh, album in the nation right now so uh, they get a major shout outs one more shout out for Nipsey Hussle one love cuz rest in peace much love to your family and your children um I love all of y'all. Wrestling is trash because Vince McMahon makes it that way. <laughs> and uh, once again, you can follow Wrestling is Trash on Twitter at Wrestling Be Trash. You can follow on Instagram at Wrestling is Trash. And you can find all the wonderful episodes with all these wonderful guests on Wrestling is Trash.com. And you can support the show. Uh, purchasing merchandise or even being a Patreon. You can find through our show on Patreon and you can um, find the merch at randomrobcast.com forward slash merch and you can find you a wrestling trash shirt, hat, beanie. Uh, I'm going to get some gloves like the AJ style joint so you can put your hands together and have wrestling trash in your palms. Damn, I really need to do that. I just made that up. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, dog. <laughs> See, this is the marketing meeting, too. So, uh, on behalf of myself, on behalf of myself, Anomaly and Sean Coney, we'll see you next time. Peace!